Before we begin this week's show, there's something I would like to share with all of you. Today is my grandfather's birthday. Unfortunately, he is no longer with us physically. Uh, he passed away in 1983, so it's it's been a little bit, but there's never a moment that goes by that he is not in my mind and especially in my heart. He was such an amazing an intricate part of my life, especially early part of my life in my teens when uh, I was going through a lot. My family was going through a lot and he was there for me and for us. And everything that I have as far as musical talent goes, it's all contributed to him. He was the main person that not only... Um, was behind me and supported, encouraged me to to study and play music. But he was also the person that funded that as well and also would take me to music lessons every Tuesday evening. And, um, you know, I can't and never will be able to repay him or thank him enough. He still is a huge part of my life. Um, he is such a mentor to me. I learned Oh, my gosh, so, so much from him. I just can't even put it into words. I just only wish that he was still around or at least around long enough to have met my wife. I know he would have loved her and also met my amazing son and it would have been able to be some kind of mentor to him as well. Now, I, I as I said, I, I do my level best to emanate him. Uh, and to carry on all that he taught me and to allow him to live through me. And I pray I do a decent job at it. I mean, you know, we can only do what we can do. And uh, if we're giving it our level best, then that's all that we can ask, right? And and that's, that's what I do. So his name uh, was and is Clyde Eisler. And I would like, if you all could please to remember Clyde Eisler, who I uh, fondly refer to as Grandpa Eisler and still do. Um, if you could remember him in your prayers today, today is his birthday and definitely a cause for celebration. I'm a big guy on birthdays. I love birthdays and I love wishing people birthdays, happy birthday, regardless if I know you or not. If I know it's your birthday, I'll wish you a happy birthday because to me, it's a pinnacle time of you coming into this world and blessing this world with your presence and with your life and with your energy. And it's just an amazing time and definitely uh, something that we should all embrace and celebrate and, you know, carry on. I also have a few prayer requests and a prayer update. Uh, the first prayer request is for Kathy Baker. Kathy is a dear friend and family member. And from what I understand, she listens to the show from time to time. Uh, but regardless, Kathy has had infinite health issues for so many years. And this past week, on top of everything else, she's also a cancer survivor. She had to have her hip replaced. Bless her heart. Uh, she's doing well and recovering, but she could definitely use all of the healing prayers we could possibly muster up for Kathy. Again, that's Kathy Baker. She underwent um, hip surgery and replacement surgery this week. And on top of everything else, she has so many other health issues. So please keep Kathy in your hearts, thoughts and prayers. That would be most appreciated. Uh, the next is uh, Megan. I had mentioned Megan and her daughter Molly last week on the show and um, the massive loss that they uh, recently experienced uh, with a passing uh, in their family. Um, they're doing all right as as well as you can expect after you know having such a bad loss. Uh, Megan's been going through a lot uh, for a long time, and she's working so hard to to get everything together in her life. But things just keep coming up, all kinds of obstacles. Um, you know, Megan's been in contact with me lately, and we're going to be talking a lot more. You know, and I want to do everything I can uh, to help Megan. And I'm asking all of you, if you could, please keep Megan 
in your hearts, in your minds, and in your prayers, please. She is spirit searching and she's looking for help and she needs strength and guidance and love and support. Uh, so please, let's all pray for that for Megan. Direct all of that energy, all of your love, your support, compassion, understanding, uh, just good vibes, positive vibes, even lucky vibes, if you can muster those. She can use everything that we can possibly channel and direct to her. So thank you all for that. And a prayer update. Um, I believe I mentioned last week that Joanna's home. She is still recovering from last. I heard she was doing well. Um, you know, she could still use our prayers because she still, you know, got things going on. And, you know, with the blood pressure issue of not being resolved, she still needs her prayers and she still needs that healing. So let's keep those prayers going for her. And speaking of prayers, how about you? Are you in need of prayers? If you are, please, please, please reach out to me. I love to pray and people that listen to the show love to pray. Let us pray for you. At the end of every show, I always give you my contact information and how you can reach me and how you can request prayers. So stay tuned at the end of the show and be sure to check that out. And again, contact me so we can pray for you. So thank you all so very much. And Grandpa Eisler, this episode is dedicated to you. Welcome to the Faith and More podcast. I firmly believe that the divine works through people to help us every day. These angels and saints are so very humble. Many of us don't know they exist or existed. Hello, my name is Angel and I'll be your host as we explore the lives of these amazing beings. We will also explore topics that can help your faith, no matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to inspire, encourage, educate, uplift, strengthen, and heal you and your faith. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. How are you all doing? I know for some of you it has been a great week and for others it has been a challenging week. Know that each and every one of you are in my heart and in my prayers. And speaking of prayers, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out to me uh, for prayers. There's information at the end of the show if you're not already familiar with that on how to contact me with your prayers. I love to pray, and everyone that listens to the show loves to pray as well. So let us pray for you or for your loved ones or friends. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. Thank you for finding us, and I sincerely hope and pray that you find everything you've been looking for in a podcast and more with our show. And if you're returning, infinite thanks and blessings to you for being such a faithful listener and for returning. This week we're going to discover and explore a little bit about Saint Elizabeth of the Holy Trinity. Show of hands if you've ever heard of Saint Elizabeth of the Holy Trinity. I would imagine there's probably not many, <laughs> but we're going to learn about her today. So hang on to your seats, folks. This is going to be a good one. So St. Elizabeth of the Holy Trinity was born July 18th, 1880 in Avord, France, and she passed on November 9th, 1906 in Dijon, France. Her feast day, for those keeping track at home that like to participate in feast days in the Roman Catholic faith, it is the 8th of November. She is the patron saint of all illnesses uh, sick people, she's against illness, and also for loss of parents. So I found two really, really good articles on St. Elizabeth, and I'm going to read each uh, article consecutively. I'm not going to mix the two together. I sometimes do that mix, you know, different articles together. Uh, but this, these two articles, I felt it was best to leave them separate because each one is 
great on its own and gives so much information about St. Elizabeth. So St. Elizabeth was canonized on October 16th of 2016. Yeah, I know. She passed in 1906 and they just got to it in 2016. But anyway, I've spoken about that probably more times than I should have in other podcasts. So I'm not going to elaborate my feelings on that any further. I think you all get the idea. And long-term listeners already know where I was going with that. So she was canonized by Pope Francis uh, in March. The Pope had acknowledged a miracle worked through the intercession of the blessed Elizabeth, paving the way for her canonization. Now, this first article is was written by Carl Bunderns, Bunderson, excuse me, uh, with the Catholic News Agency. He interviewed Dr. Anthony Lillis. Um, who is a dean of St. John's Seminary in Camarillo. Cam- Camarillo, it's easy for you to say. So Dr. Lillis says, the Lord has chosen to answer her prayers for us. Before she died, when she was suffering with Addison's disease, she wrote that it would increase her joy in heaven if people ask for her help, and that her is St. Elizabeth. Uh, Dr. Lillis earned his doctorate in spiritual theology at Rome's Anglicum. <laughs> I'm just a mess today. Anglicum writing a dissertation on St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. If her friends ask for her help, it would increase her joy in heaven. So it increases Elizabeth's joy when you ask her to pray for your needs, he told the Catholic News Agency. That's the first reason to have devotion to her. The church has recognized the power of her intercession. Saint Elizabeth of the Trinity was born in France in 1880 and grew up in Dijon close to the city's Carmelite monastery. Dr. Lillis recounted that when one time uh, Saint Elizabeth visited the monastery when she was 17 years old, the mother superior there said, I just received this circular letter about the death of St. Therese of Lisieux, who was not a saint at that time, but Therese of Lisieux. And I want you to read it. That circular letter would later become the story of a soul. In fact, what she was given was really the first edition of Story of the Soul. Or I say, excuse me, Story of a Soul. And those of you who are longtime listeners to the show know of St. Therese of Lisieux. We did a show on her some time back and mentioned the story of a soul. It's a great, great text, and it's very cheap to get. It's only like eight bucks plus shipping on Amazon. Uh, Go back and check out the St. Therese uh, show, and especially the show notes, because there's a link to that book, and I'll try to put another link into uh, the show notes for St. Elizabeth as well. So here we have St. Elizabeth was given at a very early age a copy of the very first edition of Story of a Soul, which exposed her and introduced her to St. Therese. Um, It's continued by saying, Elizabeth read it and she was inclined towards contemplative prayer. Um, That's more of the mystical side of uh, Christianity or just the mystical side of religion, period. It doesn't have to just be Christianity. Uh, We explored a little bit of that and talked a little bit about that a few shows ago on prayer. Continue to say she was a very pious person who worked with troubled youth and catechized them by when she read Story of a Soul, she knew she needed to become a Carmelite. It was a lightning moment in her life where everything kind of crystallized and she understood how to respond to what God was doing in her heart. And again, referring back to St. Therese, I mean, she has truly inspired so many people uh, in the Roman Catholic faith. And she's been behind a lot of saints. And it's just it's amazing how somebody's life, uh, even long after they're they're you know not physically with us, they're always spiritually with us. Um, but how after long after they have been physically away from this life from this world, they still have that incredible, as he said, lightning effect on people. That is just so 
amazing. If we all could only have that, you know, wouldn't that be the most amazing legacy that, you know, someone would come across your writings uh, or something and, and be truly moved and inspired or by your works or by your podcast <laughs> and be truly moved to turn their life to something so much fruit, more fruitful and better and, you know, just productive and helping others instead of, you know, you know, not just helping themselves, but also helping others. It would just be, wow, just mind-blowing amazing. So Elizabeth went to her mother and said she wanted to enter the Carmel, but she replied that she couldn't enter until she was 21. Now, there's more to this story uh, than in this article, which we'll get to in the next article. So hang on to that uh, little tidbit in your mind. Uh, it says here, which was a good thing because the local church, uh, Lilith, Dr. Lilith explained, uh, can, you know, Elizabeth continued to work with the troubled youth throughout that time. And she did a lot of other good work in the city of Dijon before she entered uh, the Carmel. She entered the Carmel in Dijon in 1901. And then, of course, she passed away, unfortunately, in 1906. Just five years later, she was only 20 six years old yes two six 26 years old uh, and she passed away unfortunately from addison's disease and from what i've been able to see on that it is an extremely uh painful death i mean why wouldn't it be you know look at all the previous shows we've done on saints and which one of those saints ever had a peaceful passing all of them up to their passing were it just racked with pain but they took that pain and dedicated it to helping others, to easing the suffering and pain of others. Um, you know, they kind of did uh, like Jesus on the cross. They took that pain for others. And, you know, that is just beyond amazing. It really is. Elizabeth wrote several works while there in the Carmel, the best known of which is her prayer, Oh my God, Trinity, whom I adore, which is going to be our closing prayer on this show today. Also particularly notable are her Heaven and Faith, a retreat she wrote three months before her death for her sister Geet, G-U-I-T-E. And the last retreat, her spiritual insights from the last annual retreat she was able to make. Cardinal Albert de Conte, de Courtre, excuse me, I'm sorry, folks, I'm all messy today, <laughs> who was Bishop of Dijon from 1974 to 1981, was cured of cancer through St. Elizabeth's intercession, a miracle that allowed her beatification in 1984. So the beatification or say canonization process started in 1984. I, I, again, I know she passed in 1906 and they just started in 1984. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry, I keep, I keep banging on that drum. The healing acknowledged by Pope Francis, March the 4th, was that of Marie Paul Stevens, a Belgian woman who had Sjogren's, S-J-O-G-R-E-N-S uh, syndrome, a glandular disease. In 2002, Stevens had asked who was Blessed Elizabeth at the time, to help her manage the extreme discomforts of the pathology she had. And in Thanksgiving, because she felt like she had received graces, traveled to the Carmelite Monastery just outside of Dijon, Dr. Lillis said. And when she got to the monastery, she was completely healed. So those are the two miracles uh, that the Roman Catholics require that are acknowledged and verified and notaries stamped. <laughs> that got uh, St. Elizabeth to be St. Elizabeth. Dr. Lillis added that a second reason to have devotion for St. Elizabeth of the Trinity is because she died believing that she had a spiritual mission to help lead souls to a deeper encounter with Christ Jesus. You could call it contemplative prayer or even mystical prayer. She said her mission was to lead souls out of themselves and into a great silence where God could imprint himself in them on their souls so that they became more godlike. And again, referencing back to the mystical uh, forms of Christianity or mystical forms of religion, 
it's truly remarkable and amazing. And, and I'm just, you know, as they say, God struck by uh, the, the mystical uh, faith and mystical practices that I'm actually now taking a seminary course on uh, mystical Christianity. And um, I have so much thanks to give to these blessed saints and their stories have inspired me and, and helped me to realize that pretty much how I have, again, no pride or ego here, pretty much how I have been all my life in my prayer and meditation has been on the mystical side. I just didn't have a label or a name for it, you know? Uh, so it, this is something that's really helping me uh, blossom and grow and for me to come to fruition. And... Of course, I have to thank uh, Father Mike Cantor for his help. He doesn't realize it. I don't want to overwhelm the guy because, I mean, he's just, wow. Uh, you know, I, I could go on and on and on. And I, I already have, and I probably always will go on and on about Father Mike Cantor. Um, he has also helped me realize this uh, because he's a practicing, a practicing, excuse me, mystic uh, priest. And it's just, I mean, he, he has actually helped bring that out in me without his knowing it. And um, he's just an amazing being. And um, we're definitely going to do an interview with Father Mike uh, sometime down the road. You know, I would love to, for that to be the season three opener. Well, there's, there's, <laughs> there's a teaser and spoiler right there, huh? So anyway, I know I need to shut up and get back to the story. <laughs> so anyway, the, the whole mystical way of... Uh, faith is a deeper connection with the divine. You're actually of the divine and the divine is of you. And, you know, you hear about people talking about walking with Christ as an example. That would be a mystical way of of life of it's not just, you know, you're I gave in the, the prayer show um, the analogy of a cell phone. It's you don't have the cell phone anymore because you don't need the cell phone anymore. You don't need to call. Um, the divine, you're connected. You realize you have, and everyone, not just you, everyone has and always will be connected to the divine. The divine is in you and you are of the divine. Again, going back to the Penny Whitbrot, uh show that was uh, the first show of this season, season two, uh, where she shared her near-death experience, where God actually showed her in her DNA where it is and said, you know, I am you and you are me. And this is, you know, we're a happy family. <laughs> you know, it's there. There it is. You can't ever be without the divine. Um, when you feel that you're by yourself and you feel that you're without the divine, that's a mental thing that's in your mind. Again, as we talked about in the prayer show, again, if you guys keep hearing me reference to the prayer show and you don't know what I'm talking about go back and listen to the prayer episode. It was really, really good. And it gives you so much insight on how to really take your prayer more than just to the next level, but to the highest level to transcend all levels, really. Um, but you're taking that, you know, your attention from your mind to your heart. And, and that's where the divine is, is, you know, and, you know, since my surgery, my... <laughs> My God domain has been <laughs> renovated. So, so the font should be very happy in its new apartment in my heart. It's nice and clean now, and we're going to keep it that way. But anyway, I hope you all get what I'm saying here is that um, when I'm saying mystical, I'm not referring to any kind of crazy, um, you know, whatever would pop into your mind as, and I don't want to use new age because there's nothing wrong with new age, but, you know, so many people have a negative impression of new age or new agey. Um, it's not, it's nothing like that. I mean, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's hard. It's one of those things you just can't put in the words that you just have to try it out and experience it yourself. And I hope through shows here that we've had on these different saints and hopefully with uh, further reading or studying that you've been doing on the writings of these saints, uh, because we you know where they all have books and, and writings and such great things that you can follow up on, um, or just pointers that I've been giving here on the show or from people that I've interviewed that you've uh, gotten pointers from that you can give that a try. It's very natural. It really is. I mean, to be a mystic or pray mystically is so very natural. It it's it's as easy as breathing. It's as natural as breathing. So St. Elizabeth said in prayer, 
we make space for God to transform us more fully into the image and likeness he intended us to become, but which sin has marred, contemplative prayer is a means towards this transformation. And St. Elizabeth of the Trinity believed before she died that her spiritual mission would be to help souls enter into that kind of transformative, contemplative prayer where they could become saints. So there she explained a little bit more on what, you know, mystical prayer is. And I want you all to keep in mind, you know, because she's referring to God and using the label God and using the label sin, um, you know, try to see past that and, and, you know, see it from your faith perspective or from a neutral perspective, because this is the faith St. Elizabeth grew up in. She, you know, she was Roman Catholic and she professed uh, as a nun in, in the Roman Catholic faith and, of course, is a saint in the Roman Catholic faith. So she's going to use terms um, and labels in words that are familiar to her through her faith. But, you know, if you look through the labels and apply it to your faith, it all goes together. There's no there's no contradictions there. You know, the only thing I want to add is about the whole sin thing. And we're going to be talking about that a lot coming up in uh, in future shows. And I don't mean talking about our sin. I'm talking about getting away from sin because it's become something that is. Well, I shouldn't say became. It's has been for quite a long time. Something that faiths hold over your head as a kind of, and I hate to give such a, a gruesome uh, analogy, but like a boot to your throat. It's holding you down and controlling you by saying you are a sinner. It's, it's negative. And I know not all faiths do that, but a lot of faiths do do that. They, you know, they tell you that you are a sinner and that's all you're ever going to be. And folks, that is so contrary to what you are. You are the image of the divine. You were created by the divine. The divine is in you and you are in the divine. So how can you just be nothing but a negative sinner? It, it doesn't equal up. And like I said, in future shows, we're going to explore that more and dissect that more. Um, if you don't want to wait for future shows and you want to uh, check into that now or discover that now, no better time than the now because it's all we have, right? You can check out Father Mike Cantor's podcast called Logic and the Bible. I've talked, and I probably always will, especially once he starts season two, um, how amazing his show is and how it's just it's like when you listen to his show, after you listen to his show, it's like you've been blind all your life, but didn't realize you were blind. And as you listen to each one of his shows, you, your your sight starts to come back. Your vision becomes clear with each show. And, and, and I mean, again, I, I don't just take my word for it. Please go check him out. I'll have a link in the show notes. Go check his show out. Um, it's Again, it's called Logic and the Bible. Uh, by Father Mike, and you, it, like, I know, it just takes the words right out of me, huh? I know some people are probably saying, shut up and interview him already. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm getting to it, I'm getting to it. Anyway, back to St. Elizabeth. She understood that the way she loved souls all the way was to help them find and encounter the Lord. During her time in the Carmel of Dijon, St. Elizabeth found encouragement from the writings of St. Therese of Lisieux, particularly her Offering to the Merciful Love, a prayer found in Story of a Soul. Dr. Lillis said, you find reference to the Offering to Merciful Love throughout the writings of St. Elizabeth of the Holy Trinity. It was probably something she herself prayed often. The second way that St. Elizabeth of the Trinity was influenced by Therese of Lisieux was a poem that St. Therese wrote called Living by Love. In this poem, Therese celebrates how the love of Jesus is the heartbeat, the deepest reality of her life. And because he lived to lay down his life for her, she wants to live to lay down her life for human love, which, as the poem goes on, means loving all whom he sends her way, without reserve and all the way giving people the generous love that we have received from Christ, sharing it with others. 
And that is truly amazing, remarkable, and so very beautiful. If we could all do that, if we could all emanate that, regardless of your faith, if you could just emanate that unconditional love, that no matter what the divine of your faith or no faith throws your way, anybody, it could be the guy that just cuts you off in traffic. I know I always use that analogy. The guy that just cuts you off in traffic or the road that was blocked that's blocking your way to get to work and now you're going to be 15, 20 minutes late, right? Looking at these people and these beings and these things, these obstacles as divine blessings coming your way. See it as a blessing and not as a curse or an obstacle. Um, you know, I'm again, sorry to refer back to me, but, you know, after I had my heart surgery, um, people would always ask if I it was having bad days, to which I always replied that I no longer, since the surgery, had bad days. I would have challenging days, but no day alive is ever a bad day. I mean, and that's something we can all work with and realize that life is so very precious. We don't know from one moment to the next when we're going to take our last breath. Um, you know, we had our beloved Doris, who we've been praying for, uh, you know, as I announced just a few shows ago, she passed away. Um, you know, she suffered for 10 years, you know, with with dementia and and it was just uh, horrible. You know, the suffering she went through and we were all praying for her towards the end. And again, I can't thank you all enough for that. But to see things like that, to take your suffering and turn it into a blessing to take like these saints have, are showing us time and time again how to take a bad day or what you would consider a bad day or a challenging day, as I would say, and, and turn it into a practice, turn it into, you know, take unconditional love, you know, again, take your attention from your mind to your heart and focus that love, that unconditional love on whatever's thrown at you that day, whether it's a homeless person in your face asking for money, again, the guy that cut you off, the road closure or, you know, whatever have you, what, an illness, you know, aches and pains. We all have those. Uh, that bill that you got in the mail that is a lot more than you expected it to be. Um, you know, it's difficult, but we can. These are all, you know, ways that we can work. These are tools that we can use to work towards um, sainthood. And I know a lot of you are probably saying, I don't want to be a saint. Well, you know, you are the divine, and the divine is you, so whether you like it or not, you're going to be a saint <laughs> eventually. Whatever label you want to label it, or no labels, you know, we're all of the divine, and that's just our natural way. That's just what we are, naturally. I know that's hard to believe in today's world, in today's day and age, but it's the truth. So that poem, Living by Love, amongst many other writings of St. Therese, deeply influenced saint elizabeth of the trinity and in fact inspired her own way of life and her own spiritual mission to help lead souls into mystical prayer dr lillis reflected she understood that the way she loved souls all the way was to help them find and encounter the lord so the spiritual missions of saint therese of Lisieux and saint elizabeth of the holy trinity coincide Great theologians like Hans Urs von Balthasar recognize that, and these spiritual missions have both greatly influenced the church in the 20th and 21st centuries in a very powerful way. So that's the end of the first article, and that was, again, published in the CNA on March 8th of 2016. The next um, article is called The Fury <laughs> and the Glory of St. Elizabeth of the Trinity by Elizabeth Scalia from wordonfire.org. Of course, I will have links to these articles and everything in the show notes, so be sure to check those out if you want to look into them more. So she writes um, a prayer that was once said by St. Elizabeth, and she puts a couple in this article, which is really good. St. Elizabeth prayed, May my life be a continual prayer a long act of love. That's 
that's a beautiful and amazing all encompassing prayer right there that we could all use that, you know, may my life be a continual prayer, a long act of love. So St. Elizabeth, here we go back again, born in Septaine district of France. She was the eldest of two daughters upon the sudden death of her father. The girls and their mother moved into a second story apartment that overlooked the Carmel of Dijon. She was right there, right next to the convent. Isn't that something you couldn't get any closer than that? Her name was Elizabeth Catez, C-A-T-E-Z, and her family's fond nickname for her was not Lizzie or Beth, but Sabbath. In her childhood, she was regarded as a brilliant pianist and a very good student overall. She would have been a most delightful child, in fact, were it, were it not for an instinctive stubbornness, a naturally noisy nature, and a fiery temper. What else do you expect from a saint? Although she eventually became a sister in Carmel to St. Therese of Lisieux, a comparison of their early biographies would never suggest it because Sabbath was what one might kindly call a little ball of fury. <laughs> so disruptive, obstreperous, and bossy was she. Another nickname given her was the Little Captain that her harassed mother declared her intention to send her daughter to a school for corrections run by the good shepherd sisters and went so far as to pack her daughter's bags with her own hands. So that's good. See, that's why I like this article is the other article was really good. Don't get me wrong. It, it had great points and great information and great history. But this one gives you a more personal feel of for St. Elizabeth. She was a fireball. She had that fire in her. And that that's just that's just amazing and, and so inspiring. The threat worked. <laughs> Elizabeth apologized and made sincere and repeated efforts to gain some control over her temper and her high spirits. She received her first Holy Communion at the age of 11 and on that very day made her first visit to the Dijon Carmel where the prioress informed her that her Christian name meant House of God. See something else we just learned. Not only did she get the very one of the very first copies of St. Therese's book, but she learned that the true meaning of her her name was House of God. She was much struck by that information and resolved that the possession of so beautiful a name could not help but inspire her toward living a more godly and disciplined life. Since she had been named as a house of God, perhaps it was what she was meant to be. Elizabeth reasoned, and a house of God could have no standing with an agent of mischief and chaos in residence. Now just take a look at the thumbnail picture, or just Google, you know, St. Elizabeth of the Holy Trinity, and you'll see, you could tell by looking at her face, even though she curbed the temper, she still had some fire in her, and that's good. That's, that's exactly what's needed, is to take that fire to take that energy that we all have within us no matter what our age no matter how young or how old we are we all still have that fire to take hold of that fire and use it use that energy to help your faith and to help others so this idea helped a little <laughs> enough so that she began to think she might eventually be called to a life live for christ alone perhaps even in the Carmel. Still, her youthful spirituality lived uneasily with her nature, developing in fits and starts. After confessing one especially loud and extended temper tantrum to her parish priest, he declared that she would either die a saint or a demon. <laughs> there could be no other possibilities. And here's another prayer. A soul united to Jesus is a living smile that radiates him and gives him. I'm going to read that again. A soul united to Jesus is a living smile that radiates him and gives him. So heading into adolescence, Elizabeth decided to work for sainthood over the alternative instead of being a demon. But she did it lightly. By my nature, I am a coquette. She once wrote for a school assignment, I am by no means a model of patience, 
but I have learned to control myself, and I do not hold grudges. <laughs> Bless her heart. For a time, she lived as a bit of a coquette, too. Elizabeth socialized, crafting lovely dresses, creating hair designs, and traveling with her family, all of which assuaged her mother's deep fear that the cloister walls, a more, mere 650 feet from their apartment, would eventually seal her daughter, steal, excuse me, her daughter away from her. So disproving was Madame Cattez of the notion that she begged Elizabeth to put aside all ideas of religious life, at least until her 21st birthday. After all, she reasoned, men of means and good character were offering marriage to Elizabeth. If she delayed her entry, perhaps one of them would reach her heart. See, so that expands more personally on what the other article had said about her mother asking her to wait till she was 21 to enter the convent. And as we see, it wasn't just asking. She was pretty much begging her because she was praying, the mother was praying that she wouldn't go, that she would marry a well-to-do man and have babies and, you know, do the things that they did back in those days. But we are so beyond blessed, infinitely blessed, really, that she didn't do that, that she kept with that fire in her heart and kept it directed towards, um, you know, the mystical life that she was pursuing and that she achieved. So that would not happen, even as Elizabeth enjoyed parties and participated in musical galas. Elizabeth turned toward Carmel or her turn towards Carmel progressed. She began to practice contemplative prayer, which greatly helped to tap down her temper. Although her irres irrepressible, excuse me, nature would still break through consulting with a Carmelite chaplain as to whether she did in fact have a vocation Elizabeth found herself tapping her toes, waiting for him to stop talking <laughs> as his long-winded approval went on and on. I just wanted him to confirm I was on the right track, she groused. Her mother watched as her daughter continued to meet with the prioress and spent a great deal of time at the parish giving lessons in the catechism to children and adults. As her 21st birthday loomed, Elizabeth's mother knew her defeat was coming. So I guess St. Elizabeth wouldn't like me because I'm long-winded. Like all of you, she was tapping her feet as you're tapping your feet, saying, man, just get to the point. <laughs> when it came to Elizabeth, with courtesy and real compassion for her mother's pain, insisted she permitted to live the life she was called to in August of 1901, two weeks after turning 21, she claimed her birthday present, walking into Carmel with her mother and her sister, and then bidding them a loving adieu as she passed into the cloister. There Elizabeth, like Therese before her, burned through Carmel like a bottle rocket, riding twin fuses of suffering and abandonment to the divine will. She soared too fast and too bright to remain behind monastic walls, disappearing into Christ as La Dame Gloria, the praise of his glory. She lived only five years after entering Carmel, succumbing to the ravages of Addison's disease at the age of 26. But she clearly made the most of her time there, advancing in wisdom and becoming an astounding teacher of the ways of love through her published letters. I've written elsewhere, the author of this article says, about Elizabeth of the Trinity teaching me how to pray which is seven words from scripture. And here she shares uh, a little bit of these seven words of scripture that she uses for prayer. And this is again, the author is Elizabeth Scalia, who is a, an amazing writer uh, in her own right. So the first one is, and again, these are all just seven words. Lord, the one you love is sick. Lord, the one you love is anxious. And these are prayers that you can just say that are just, you know, seven word prayers, quick, easy, you know, Lord, the one you love is in danger. See, it always starts with Lord, the one you love. Lord, the one you love is unemployed and feels rejected. Lord, the one you love needs you. And this can go on and on. You can just add, it's infinite, you know. Lord, the one you love is sick. Lord, the one you love um, has a neighbor that's ill that needs help. You know, you just go on and on and on. 
I cannot tell you how many times I have uttered some variation of these words at the start of a petition for a friend and have later heard that at precisely that moment there was an easement of suffering and anxiety. Perhaps healing did not come, but something of Christ did. I felt it, friends would say. Suddenly my wife said she felt upheld and comforted. And then I think, yes, that is Elizabeth of the Trinity, the little Carmelite. She knew what she was doing. So I greatly encourage all of you to pray to St. Elizabeth. I mean, why not? She is the patron saint of illness. Um, you know, if you're sick, if you're not feeling well, I mean, it doesn't have to be illness either. Anything in life that's going on uh, that's challenging to you or if you want to say hard, difficult or damn near impossible, you know, please, you know, even if you're going through what you believe is hell, call upon St. Elizabeth to intercede, to help. Um, you can't go wrong. I mean, what, you know, what, what is there to lose? There's absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain. So here's another little prayer uh, by St. Elizabeth. Believe that he loves you. He wants to help you himself in the struggles which you must undergo. Believe in his love, his exceeding love. So here's some historical information that really blew my mind is St. Elizabeth is the only 20th century mystic quoted in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The excerpt from her prayer, O oh my God, Trinity, whom I adore, which can be found there, is provided here for your meditation. So that takes us right into our closing prayer. And I'm going to read this prayer to you all. In, um, again, I will have a link to it in the show notes. O oh my God, Trinity, whom I adore, help me forget myself entirely. So to establish myself in you, unmovable and peaceful, as if my soul were already in eternity, may nothing be able to trouble my peace or make me leave you. O oh, my unchanging God, but may each minute bring me more deeply into your mystery. Grant my soul peace. Make it your heaven, your beloved dwelling and the place of your rest. May I never abandon you there, but may I be there, whole and entire, completely vigilant in my faith, entirely adoring, and wholly given over to your creative action. St. Elizabeth of the Holy Trinity, pray for us. Before we put a finger to the pause button for this week, I do have one last announcement to share with everybody, and that is... Make sure you tune in this Wednesday, anytime after 12 a.m. Eastern Time, for a May edition of The Book Nook. And for those of you who aren't familiar with The Book Nook, it's where I sit down with you all and share some things that I don't get a chance to ramble on and share with during a regular show. So it's something you don't want to miss because there's all kinds of interesting tales and tips and secrets that are shared at the book nook so again that'll be this coming wednesday will be the may edition of the book nook 12 a.m eastern time so i will pause here for now thank you all so very much for listening i so hope and pray that you have found what you have been searching for in this show and that it is even more than what you have been looking for and that it continues to be that for you. I am so very open, as I've always said, and will say for suggestions and recommendations for the show. We have people listening from all over the world. And each week I see on the statistics that there's more and more people from more and more different countries listening. And that is so amazing and an infinite thanks and blessings to each of you. But I know that you all have amazing angels and saints in your country, in your culture that we don't know about. It could be past, it could be present that we don't know about, but we should know about. So please, please, please contact me, share this information with me, or at least point me in a direction where I can go and find information so we can start sharing these amazing beings of your country and cultures 
with the rest of the world. Next is prayers. I love to pray. Those of you who've been following the show know that more than anybody. I try my level best to be in a continuous state of prayer. And prayer is so very important to our listeners too. And they love to pray. So why not let us pray for you? In order to do that, you can either email me or you can fill out a form that's on the website. And I'll give that information here in just a moment. But please, 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 please reach out to us let us know your prayer intentions. It can be for you, a loved one, a friend, uh, for anything going on in the world right now. And there is so much going on. But we would love to pray with you and for you. So there's two ways to contact me. The first would be through email. And that is at Faith and More Podcast, all one word, Faith and More Podcast at gmail.com. The second is through our website, which I highly recommend the website because it's so easy to listen to the show through the website as well as get the show notes. And there's so much important information in the show notes that if you only listen on iTunes or Spotify or one of those other platforms, you're missing out on the show notes. And I don't want anyone to miss out on anything with the show. It's so very important that you get everything that's offered and it's absolutely free. So the website is Faith and More Podcast. Again, all one word, Faith and More Podcast dot Wix site, W I X S I T E dot com slash my dash site. Again, that's Faith and More Podcast dot Wix site dot com slash my dash site. If you like the show, I hope you continue to return. And if you really like the show, I so hope that you share the show with a friend, family, anyone that you think that can uh, benefit from the show. And also, please subscribe and follow. And there's this new thing called rating, which can be done on Spotify and Apple Podcast, where you can actually rate the show. If you rate the show... It actually moves the show up into categories where people can access it more. So it's another great way to get the show out to as many people as possible. Because at this moment, we don't have sponsors. We don't have ads or anything like that that can help circulate the show. So right now, it's all based on us. And that's word of mouth and sharing with others. So please, 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 if you like the show, really like the show, please share it with as many people as possible. So infinite thanks and blessings to each of you once again for listening. I so hope and pray I see you again next week. Please know that each and every one of you are in my heart and in my prayers. And don't forget, love yourself and love each other. Have a blessed week.